to your witcher. What's up, Trav? Hey, Jake. How's it going? I have been living my life in that moment. Is it is it on uh, like uh, YouTube videos and stuff like that? Oh, yes. Are people oh, yes. doing remixes? I don't know about that. I've just been looking up the original. I <laughs> uh, so here on late to the party with Travis Tate. Hello. Hello. Um, I was excited for Witcher coming out. <laughs> and uh, is it in the book? That song? That song? I don't think that song's oh, in there. Oh, so that was just a little surprise for you. I don't think that song is part of that. But, is the uh, bard part of the, the yeah, story? Dandelion's, okay. Dandelion's a big his part His name is Dandelion? Stuff. Yes. I didn't realize that was his name, Absolutamente, I guess. that is Dandelion. <laughs> uh, I do I, like when the Witcher punches him in the gut. <laughs> yes. He, he and Geralt get off to a bit of a rocky start. Okay. Uh, by the time... Like, As I've, people sometimes do. I've played a, a, quite a bit of The Witcher 3, and... Dandelion is a huge part. Like, they are super best buds within the context <laughs> of that. And frankly, that is one of the parts of the game that most people tend to look down on is that you have to... There's like a large quest line of you just finding Dandelion and, you know, going around to various women and be like, have you seen Dandelion? Like, oh, Dandelion has been here. I love <laughs> find him. You know, and it's just like Dandelion's hiding out from everybody. <laughs> but yeah, uh... So, I think I've watched like four episodes of of Le Wichea. I've seen three so far. What is your take? Haven't so it should, should like we cover the the at least the three that I've seen? Sure. That okay. That sounds cool. We'll just we'll just jump right into that. Or do you just want to go one one week at a time and milk it out? I, I'm flexible. I mean, we. I think I might be to the point where they all meld together. I definitely, I can definitely remember the contents of the first two episodes. Uh, the third is the whole Striga thing, right? Yeah, the third one has a Striga. That gets a little bit hazy. It, it's and a like, lot of hunchback nudity. Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, like, I that that is a weird thing of it. Is I, I uh, passed off the book, The Last Wish, which is kind of I think I think it's the there's first a dragon book, on it. A, it's kind of a series of short stories, and it's. I think the final short story is about uh, Geralt meeting meeting Yennefer, mm. and there is a point where he recognizes, like, because uh, I don't know if it comes through in the first couple episodes that you've watched, but you know Geralt's kind of tuned into that stuff. Right. There's a moment where he sees her for what she is, and it's it's funny in the book of like. Uh, you know, he's kind of thinking about like, oh, I saw her for what she is. Oh, he and sees just, like her original form, just like in italics, hunchback. Because hmm. interesting, even playing the games, I didn't know that about Yennefer. Or as far as I played in Witcher Three, I didn't know that about Yennefer. I just know she just witchy is. So, do you know there. the answer to this? Is is her physical form changed, or is it just a spell that changes? Because it looked like like people's perception of her, because it looked like her body was physically being like ripped off ripped apart that was something in the episode i I haven't hit that that's kind of the thing is as far as what i've read i don't really have solid background on like yennefer or triss or even to the most part like uh in in the witcher 3 when you run into i don't know if it's spoilers i i guess i don't know how much i want to spoil i mean it's in the it's in the game like series of witcher Mm -hmm. uh when you start witcher 3 uh, Geralt's having flashbacks of training her. With, oh, Geralt um, trains her? Yeah. Oh. With, uh, oh, what is that character's name? 
there's the Witcher that trained Geralt in it that people have been tweeting at Mark Hamill like crazy to try and get him <laughs> in that role, but I'm forgetting huh. that name now. That get that game slash book is so rich with like really, really vivid characters like like dandelion so the third one is where it really starts to develop like a backstory and everything the third episode the third, third game game i haven't played one and two the, the oh, thing okay. about those witcher games is i i've played just a teeny bit of two is like they're really system rich and three did a lot of kind of uh quality of life changes to how the game works is uh you know because a lot of the things that he's doing in it i don't know if it comes across like the first episode where he fights the, I think it's like Kikamora, that big spider thing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's going on with him in that moment? I don't even remember, no. Look, you know, they're fighting in the swamp. Which episode? Like oh, the that's very the very, first, very first thing. Do you, do, do you get an idea of what's going on with Geralt in that moment with his, like, the crazy black eyes and white skin and stuff? Well, I think that's just, not knowing much about it, I just kind of knew that was kind of his power is he has some sort of, you know, like otherworldly power where he changes a little bit. Yeah, they they that stuff comes across a little bit. That that's one of the funny things is uh from what I understand people are having a lot of problems specifically with the separate timelines thing, which even I hadn't really picked up on. But they don't hint at that at all in no, the show. So no. I wonder I wonder in the show if they're even going to talk about it being separate timelines. Well, that's the thing is like I said, I don't really have backstory on Yennefer or Ciri. So I saw that stuff going on, and it didn't necessarily confuse me. If you're listening to this on your phone, your phone just said, may I please help you? Oh? Siri. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, I guess I don't think about those. No, Siri with phone. a C. Shut up, yeah, phone. Geez. It's like Silmarillion or something like that. What is, <laughs> what is, her, what is her actual name? I, I don't know. I only know, I do know her is uh, Siri. It's like, uh, you know, it just says Siri on here. But she's got some name like... Cyril Badilio or something like that. <laughs> Amelia Badilia. <laughs> Amelia Searheart. I don't what know. Is, what is a uh, Bonnie Badilia? Was was the Bonnie Badilia is was the wife in, in uh, Die Hard? Yeah. What a that name. Amelia Badilia is a funny last Bonnie name. Bonnie But do you remember the Amelia Badilia books, where she was like kind a of. she was like a magical maid and she would I do these I outlandish things but always mess them up. I only know the name. It's just a funny name, She's Bedelia. She's Inspector Gadget. If anybody out there is listening to this and your last name is Bedelia, let us know. That's a cool name. I like it. Sure, okay. Is it is it Italian? I don't know. I have to know. Battalion? Did I say battalion? No, you just said Italian. Oh, okay. Bonnie Battalion. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought maybe I said it. I've no. been known I've been known to misspeak. No. Oh, I've I've been <laughs> bad with that lately. But uh so Episode the, one. Let's let's what, let's break it down. From what I'm understanding is the, all the Yennefer stuff is supposed to be year, like 50 years in the past. The oh, Geralt, it's the that Geralt old. Things, the Geralt stuff wow. is supposed to be kind of the present, I guess. And then the Siri things are supposed to take place 30 years past that. 30 years in the future. That's that's what I've been led to believe. Jeez. Maybe I'm a little off on those, but I understand that the. the the three big stories are have like huge time discrepancies. If, if because Ga- Gabe blew th- my kid Gabe blew through it, and I asked him a little bit about uh, the la- that book that I gave you, the Last Wish. Mm-hmm. The Last Wish refers to kind of the final big story, and it's about how Geralt meets Yennefer. And I asked him about that, and he said that that's in there. So I don't, 
uh, haven't not got terribly far in it. I don't I don't know if they're going to kind of bring the timelines together or what. But so are they going to say that Geralt and Yennefer just haven't aged from when we first met them? Well, Yennefer is you know, you know, magical as hell, so she can do that. And I think Geralt, well, with the mutations and being a witcher and all, you know, it's. He ages slower. This is probably a spoiler question. Is Jennifer good or bad? I can't tell yet. Mixed bag. Mixed bag? Okay. Mixed bag. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. She was tortured and treated like garbage her whole life. It's it's pretty rare to come out of that and what I got be from, good all the time, I would say. From The Witcher 3, the impression that I got is Geralt loves her very much. She's kind of a dick. But hmm. maybe not outright evil. Not like... That's the other thing is, so Stregobor is in that, he's in that story in the first book, the asshole wizard. Uh-huh. He's in that that uh, story that that first episode's based on. That That's the thing that's messing me up, I told you, is, so, so far as I can tell, this season is largely just the short stories from The Last Wish, but they blow through them so fast. Yeah. They, you know. The episodes are like an hour, right? So I think the third, the one I just watched was like an hour 10, something like that. Yeah. But it's funny because they're, they're not just telling those stories. It's like, okay, we're going to take this, you know, this story and tell it in an hour. It's like, well, an hour, an hour. Like, no, but we're also going to do all the Siri and all the uh, Yennefer stuff. Mm-hmm. And pepper in a little bit of Triss, a little bit of Dandelion. Yeah. I mean, the, the Siri was kind of the first episode was very heavy with her and they haven't really answered much about her as far as the episodes that I've seen so far. You just know there's something with her. Like when she screams, she has some sort of, yeah, that's stuff. I have no idea what's going on there. So they're just kind of, you know, dropping little, little hints about that. The Unifer stuff, she didn't come in until the second episode and you feel really bad for her. I mean, just like her own, I guess uh, the guy that is her father isn't her real father. We we find out in it yeah. later in episode two that her real father is an elf. Spoiler alert! <gasps> if you haven't watched, I'm I'm sure we're the only two that haven't Travis, burned all through all of them. Let's not so. get into that now. Let's put the elf on the shelf. Elf on the shelf. All right. Oh, Whoa. oh good God. Oh, Sorry. do not speak ill do, of elves. Doing a little foley work. Here. Rivendale has spoken. <laughs> so, are you liking it so far? I like it. I don't love it. So I'm going to stick with it. And I hope by the end I go, okay, that stuff all made sense. Where do you think the lack of love comes from? Because honestly, (sighs) I watched that first episode and I'm like, eh, eh. I I think I like the first episode the most, actually. I've consumed a lot of Witcher media. So I, I, for me, it's easy to just kind of watch it. Because number one, Henry Cavill as Geralt is good yeah he's he's great they have done very well to cast henry cavill i think the acting in it is fine i haven't seen any bad acting yet one of the takes the that i've heard that i actually uh somewhere in the second episode i started picking up on my like just personally people saying uh i think a lot of people went into this with sort of a game of thrones expectation when really they should have gone in with a this is going to be more like a xena kind of hercules the legendary journey honestly that's kind of what it feel it kind of reminds me of uh, do you remember the show legend of the seeker oh i don't know if i know it was it was kind of like in the same vein as like uh uh, hercules and xena and all that stuff it was Mm -hmm. you know made in new zealand or whatever and 
would come on here on like Saturday mornings or something like that. But the uh, the stuff with the uh, the little Hogwarts place they've got that's what it reminds me of. It's I don't know. It's the sets are just very. I don't know. I also it kind of takes me out of it. And I landed upon, hey, this seems like maybe more Xena or Hercules. And then the other thing I said, like, it maybe feels like, and I don't know how to, I don't know if I know how to properly express this, but this feels like a BBC production somehow. Does that mean anything? Like, yeah, I get what you're saying. There's something about the producti- production values of say a Doctor Who. It's like this isn't bad, but there's it's there's very stage centric yeah there's something very this is a bbc production that it doesn't feel like it's happening in the real world it feels like it's happening a on a sound stage yeah. i think is kind of what we're both getting at but yeah i mean I, I do like it i don't love it the the yennefer stuff i i haven't really liked any of that yet so hopefully i don't know i mean i did feel bad for her and i was rooting for her character until to the point where you realize when she starts like shoving the slugs into the into the thing, you're like, oh, she's probably capable of some dark stuff. Yeah. And so then I was kind of like, Ugh. and then there's a lot of hunchback nudity in there. Um, <laughs> that was plus. Know, is weird. that a plus or a minus, Trav? I don't know. I'm not. Com- I'm not complaining. Yeah. For as far as is it, is it weird for me to say that? So so again, in that book, The Last Wish, when Geralt kind of like when he sees a little bit through her glamour, is like ah hunchback. They make it out like she is the most crooked, gross, like deformed thing. And when you see her in the show, I'm like that. Uh, as far as hunchbacks go, you seem to be looking pretty damn good. She's like in she's all that where they put a beautiful girl like in, they just put in, like in glasses. Hunch, but they put glasses. Right? <laughs> yeah. You, you say that, but honestly, one of the things about her is like so she's basically. Basically, her whole issue is she's you know got the the hump, mm-hmm. which doesn't even look that bad, and then she's got right. that weird jaw thing going on, right? Which again doesn't detract that much. It just looks and like she's using meth. The third, so yes, she can't <laughs> she can't help a hump, she can't help a chin. She's just got a bad haircut. Yeah, it's the bangs more than anything. That part of it. I'm not, not, I'm not a guy that loves bangs, so I think that was honestly like what you're. I, I agree with what you're it's saying. It's just a bad haircut. It was it was the haircut that was the least attractive of anything on her. So her physical body was fine. Yeah, they also again. I'm gonna try and blow through more of the books because I, I, they really are fun reads. They're really fun, breezy, for kind of a pulpy fantasy mm-hmm. story. They're really fun reads, and uh, the monsters are cool. The monsters are way. I will say that about it. Like if anything. That all three versions that have go have going for them is, they're all pretty good about a compelling lore. All the you know you have the things that they'll talk about like the werewolves and the vampires and things like that that mm-hmm. you're familiar with. But then you have beasts like the Strigger, the Kikamora, or, uh, you know Griffins or anything else like that that you don't see a whole ton of. That they still do a really good job of. Uh, I don't think I I got into so much. The games have a real um, systems heavy thing of that stuff that with the dark eyes and stuff. Uh, witchers you prepare like potions and concoctions Mm -hmm. to so that their you know their uh senses are more keen or things like that and then you he you see it a little bit that he can do things like uh he can cast fire he can like kind of do a push thing or he can do mental influence and those things are just signs they're not like actual spells it's just signs that he can do that right give real brief kind of low power things to help him out i'm hoping now that they're away from whatever the the Hogwarts place is. I just didn't like that. I think now that now that Yennefer is away from that and she's going to go to a kingdom or whatever. Yeah, that 
and then her story will be taking place. And it was only what an ep- an episode and a half, two episodes. Maybe the books would give me a better. But I just didn't like the whole. First of all, the head witch lady. She looked like she was in the 1800s with her clothes. Like she looked fairly modern with the way she was dressed. I didn't think much about that. She had buttons like <laughs> in like shoulder pads and stuff. I really liked series grandmother and grandfather. Yeah, they were cool. It was yeah. a bummer and 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 wizard dude. Yeah, that whole kingdom seemed like a pretty cool place. The siege, I, the siege on them was pretty pretty rad. Yeah, that was I mean there was a lot of pretty like almost like Braveheart graphic uh yes. f- deaths in, no, in that. that fight. So far so far I like all the Geralt stuff. I like all the series stuff. I don't dislike the Yennefer stuff, but her story seems a little like tread territory so far. It doesn't yeah. feel which says a lot considering myself. it was only two episodes. But I'll, I'll also say as far as <laughs> books and games goes, I always like all the stuff with Yennefer and it's just that she's past that. She's right. badass wizard. Yeah, I don't lady. I don't have a problem with her as a character. I just didn't like the whole I don't know. I think that was the most sound stagey thing for me and I think that's why I didn't like it. Hmm. Okay. So I from where I, that's a pretty nitpicky complaint. I on guess my you part you've too. maybe seen as far as I have that she's gone through the weird uh, wizard, yeah, plastic surgery. They they pulled out her I guess uterus and ground it into dust, and turned her beautiful. <laughs> so so that was one thing I did read. I I I was trying to figure out exactly what was going on in that episode because it was confusing. I I dozed off a little. Truth be told, I was tired. It was last night. I guess and, I would say some of the harshness of the Hogwarts is, you know, kind of interesting. Some of the, like, we're teaching you spells, but also be careful because... You'll probably die. You'll probably die. <laughs> you'll get hit struck by lightning. going to catch <laughs> lightning in a bottle. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. Just do it. You can either do it or you can't. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll say, I think the more I watch it, the more I'm getting into it. So, Unifer had to give up the ability to have children in order to change her body. Is, is one thing that I, I read. That stuff I don't really know about. And that's why we had a uh, wizard OBGYN. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like I said, the, the experience that I have of Yen is, again, in, in that book, it's kind of how her and Geralt meet. Yen's been super Yen for a while at that point. At least that's a pressure I get. Or, and playing through Witcher 3, like there is so much history with Yen at that point. Hmm. And that she's just she's just running from the wild hunt, which uh, series. Uh, I was watching the first episode again the other night, and series uh, grandma and grandpa make a, a brief reference to the wild hunt, which is a huge thing for the third game that even I I never really got too much info on. I almost wa- you know more about it than I do. Is Geralt going to somehow save? who the woman who became the queen at some point and that's how she knows to tell siri go find go find Geralt the wit Geralt of whatever you'll see things through pretty soon on the so i'm starting to wonder if the woman who's the woman who's siri's grandmother yeah i'm wondering if he saves her at some point and that's how she knows of him and tells her to go find him because we've established it's all on different timelines so I'm wondering somewhere along the line if if he saves her. That's another thing that's or difficult saves her to kingdom put or my something. finger on. In, in all three cases of 
the show, the game, and the book is there seem to be places where everyone knows who Geralt is, and there seem mm-hmm. to be places where nobody people are. It's it's, and we're going to get into that pretty soon. It's Star Wars esque. Of there seem to be places in the galaxy where everyone is aware of the Force and Jedi, right. and there seem to be places in the galaxy where people are like, "That's just a stupid old, uh, that's an old wives' tale." The whole staggered times. It's, I don't know. It's confusing to me. It's wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. I don't. Yeah. Hopefully they explain it by the end of the series. If you've already seen it and you're going, just watch the show. They explain it. Then yeah. Then hopefully, I'm gonna when I finish it, I'll I'm go. Okay, it makes more, more sense. It, I'm gonna right. Read Me more too. Of it. And I I actually did start over playing Witcher three again, and I just put it on the lowest setting. I, I played probably seventy or eighty hours of the game, and I'm just at this uh, point, I'm like. I, I want zero resistance. I want to experience this because the game story wise is super great. Like uh, hmm. wandering around, like I, I don't know how much like you. I think you played some Red Dead with your kids, wasn't that right? You yeah. hung out with them while yeah. they were playing. Uh-huh. And those games, it's like you have an amazing story. You have pockets of good side stories. Whereas like The Witcher, wandering around. Like nine times out of ten, anything you find, there's going to be kind of an interesting little story based in it. Like somebody's going right. to be like, oh, I need you to kill a ghost in the forest. And you go out <laughs> and you find it, some guy just messing around. And you you have to decide whether or not you're going to turn him in or kill him or right. any number of things. Or It's all pretty – it gives you a lot of interesting choices that actually seem to change the story a lot. I like that Geralt has some sort of moral code because I wasn't sure if he was going to or not. Or if he was just in it for the money, or, or you know what I mean. That's a, also like he'll say, "Oh, you are intelligent. I won't kill you." To the to the satyry guy. Yeah, there there are some. That's a really complex thing that I don't know how much I've plumbed the depths of. Of witchers are very specific. Of if they do something, they need to get paid for it. Hmm. And I don't know how well the show is gonna stick to that. Because in the games, you kind of have some choice on that, but they lead you into a place of where, like, witchers are supposed to be very strict about, if I do something, I need to get paid for it. Mm-hmm. That's their code. And uh, and then there's also those things of uh, Geralt's very strict about, like, he kills monsters. He doesn't, generally speaking, he doesn't. Like the like Renfri. Yeah, like Renfri. He didn't want to kill her. Renfrey, they kind of stuck to her whole mutation thing. It was kind of his way of getting through that. But at the same time, the only reason he killed her is because she just kept coming and coming and coming and she wouldn't stop. And it was almost kind of like she was about to kill him. She would not stop fighting him. You'll have to tell me, because again, that's a much more fleshed out thing as a book. I mean, as, as you would assume right. is, but like... Right. My memory of it is that Stregobor, you don't really quite get that he's, uh, you know, he he's quote unquote evil until after uh, Geralt's taking care of that situation. I think he clearly didn't trust Stregobor. Yeah. Oh yeah. For like, sure. Like uh, Stregobor's got a curly mustache right from the get go, which is why he tried to talk Renfrey into leaving. It's like just go, just go, and she wouldn't go, and. She kept fighting him in the streets and fighting him and sending men after him. And and then finally it was to the point, didn't she like stab him in the gut or something like that? Something like that. And then he kind of flipped her knife and it cut her throat or something like that. 
I don't remember the exact. You'll have to because. But but he was immediately like regretting that it happened. He didn't want to do it. I think that might be the first short story in The Last Wish after the Striga thing that that comes later in the show. Again, like I said, it. I I really like that first book. It's a fun, quick read. Uh, it has this interesting structure of one major event, which is the Striga thing in the show, mm-hmm. that they that they keep revisiting between short stories. Uh, and the show seems to be basically episodes are those short stories, but they're also peppering in all the end and all the series stuff. I thought it was weird that the Striga had like an umbilical cord. <laughs> Well, you know, they explain the the Striga. That's another thing from The Witcher is a lot of those monsters come from really tragic or creepy circumstances. Well, yeah, even when they're describing how like a werewolf is started. If a woman dies while she is pregnant and a wolf walks over her grave, then the baby will start to grow and then burst out of her. I was like, wow. Those are are fun (laughs) things because I think they have some of those little things peppered in where someone would be like, oh, yes, the the wolf, this is how... Or they even, they like... Very tiny thing in the first one that that young girl that's talking to Gerald about, like, oh, you kill this, you kill this, you kill yeah. this, you go, she wolf. He's like, those don't eat. That's not even a thing. <laughs> you know, there there's things like that from what I've seen in the games of you know villagers talking about what a monster is, and girls like, no, right. no, that's not a real thing. That's superstition. <laughs> it it's a really cool universe that I hope they end up. Um, I hope that they end up kind of catching those sort of moments in that kind of spirit rather than just going like, well, we've got something that feels Games of Thronesy and Game of Thrones was super you know, we have a sword and sorcery tale that also right. has boobs and blood, so <laughs> we're just gonna kinda And a lot of times things. it's both of them. Yeah. <laughs> boobs covered in blood. Ba- basement of that whole thing is that Henry Cavill makes it a very magnetic thing. He he portrays that character in a pretty pretty compelling way. And from what I've read it's one of the highest like downloaded or streamed shows right now like those so it things, sounds like they're gonna do those kind of one. things are so topsy-turvy to me because oh yeah you know you know if it's not endgame and avatar fighting it's it's the witcher which is fine but you know when someone comes like oh the witcher is the most downloaded streaming show of all time I was like it's it's show the numbers fine because netflix fine. is famous for not showing the numbers especially to the artists yeah like people that do stand-up comedy on there they have no idea how many people have seen them because they don't tell them because if they tell them and they know, then they'll want more money the next time. Yeah. So yeah. Ron Funch has famously pushed heavily not to do his stuff on Netflix Hmm. for whatever reason. I mean, he's explained it before that I've read that, you know, but he, he didn't feel great. He's one of the ones that was said like, I don't like the way Netflix is doing things. I'm going to take mine somewhere else. Well, I mean, Ron Funches is a guy that's getting plenty of opportunities right now. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he shows up in, oh, we haven't talked about it, Six Underground for a Oh, minute. I thought you were going to say <laughs> talk about his Harley Quinn stuff. Harley, that Harley Quinn animated show, I would not mind taking a look at. It seems pretty fun. I didn't know there was one. Oh, you don't know about that? Ron uh-uh. Funches is King Shark, the voice oh, of really? King Shark. Yeah. <laughs> It's Hello. on the it's on the Hi, DC. I'm King Shark. The DC Unlimited is that what that thing's oh. called? Yeah. I forget what the DC streaming service is called, but it's on there. You oh, remember, that's funny, Travis. Do you remember that was like last year? Do you remember how much how funny Titans the concept oh, of yeah. Titans was? If Batman, if Batman, that was like last year. 
That seems uh, like a, that seems forever ago. It does seem forever ago. They had that. They had the swamp thing thing where it was good, but they didn't want to pay to have more of it. Uh, what are your thoughts on Netflix right now? I'm getting so burnt. Like I, I can hardly find anything worth watching on Netflix. Really? I keep finding stuff. I mean, I'm looking forward to Stranger Things coming back. I'm looking forward to finishing The Witcher. Um, You're going to go through um, Lost in Space. Yeah, I'll watch Lost in Space. I forget there's something else that Netflix is working on. Umbrella Academy. More Umbrella Academy, yeah. I mean, these are the the things that keep me from canceling it. But once they're over, I'm like, all right, what else? Everyone keeps saying, like, oh, man, Disney Plus, it's going to kill Netflix. Like, don't get me wrong. I Netflix is just going to get more adult. I had a blast with the Mandalorian, which we got to talk about. That is kind unless you're going like you could watch a bunch of Disney stuff. That's kind of all Disney has on the ball right now. Well, yeah, for right now. I I read that they're going to bump up WandaVision and that should be out next year. Yeah, we'll see. So, well, yeah. WandaVision for for the first series, Mando was pretty rad. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, I. You know, John Favreau might be the most underrated filmmaker, and I'm I count like The Mandalorian is film quality. So, and I know he didn't actually direct them; he was just kind of the producer of them. But man, that guy just—it's not you can't even put him into a certain category. Pretty good. He's pretty good at guiding a blockbuster. I mean, he did Swingers. Remember Swingers. (laughs) I don't. I don't know that swingers is the uh, well, is the word on. But a it's lot a of classic stuff. for is for it? guys our age. It's a no classic. Idea. You, know, you think of Iron Man. You think of Iron Man. I mean, look, man, that that deserves all the credit in the world for good and for eat for ill. Yeah, it started a pretty neat and also kind of a monstrosity thing. I just look forward to seeing where he goes because he's what late forties, early fifties. I mean, he's well, still. I think got, I heard that they're. 20 hold, years of movie making. They're kind of holding on to him to should kind of run some of the Star Do Wars. Do more Star Wars? Yeah. I honestly wish they would do a solo TV show with the cast sure. from the movie. Sure. I think that would be really good. Like, they're talking about all these other shows. We're going to get a Rose Tico show. We're going to get... No, the hell we're not, because I saw Rise of Skywalker... <laughs> They are going to pretend that character did not exist. We'll touch on it. We'll touch on it later. But there's oh, all these are things we they're touch talking on about. It like Rise of Skywalker barely touched on Rose Tico? <laughs> I mean, all right. My, my, Travis. I felt like that you could character. could possibly be thinking. You could not have watched Rise of Skywalker and not said, man, they did her dirty. Well, I just thought, well. I guess they couldn't find much for her to do. That's the Travis, way I looked at it. They found way more for the autistic robot to do. <laughs> they found. But I don't. Hey, Dominic Moynihan had way more to do. Did was that a character when you saw the Last Jedi, where you, where you were like, I can't wait to see what they do with her in the next movie, Rose Tico? Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily was like, I can't wait to see. What I didn't dislike do. her in the movie at all. I I liked her just fine, but I also. Am not a me personally. Am not upset that she didn't have anything to do in that in oh, man. Rise of Skywalker because yeah. I just didn't think there was that is she was there in the Last Jedi in, to make Finn a better person. She kissed Finn at the end of it. Yeah, she kissed Finn. She saved Finn and then kissed him, and then it's like, okay, you're the secretary now. And I don't know you're, what the, she had. I think Finn and Poe were also a waste of space. Yes. Yes. This was yes, but they're in the whole movie. Yeah, 
But I don't think they really accomplished all that much. A CGI Carrie Fisher was in way more of the movie than her. This was a CGI Kylo Ren a and CGI Carrie Ray's Fisher, movie. A CGI young Carrie Fisher was almost in more of the movie than Rose Tico. <laughs> and I don't have anything against her, but I also there was that a, was one. What was she going to do in there? That was. I guess she could have gone on she's the mission gonna, with them. She's part of the Scooby gang. I, I mean, I guess she could have been on on the mission with them. I mean, you could just as much say what was Finn going to do or what was Poe going to do, and they yeah. found stuff from do that. Her being that in that movie was un, it undoubtedly was guys. The people who are loud don't like her. Did, that was a Disney decision to say like we cannot we cannot have her be in the movie. We have to acknowledge... And it sucks. We have to acknowledge that she exists, but she can't be a part of this story. It sucks that that's the reason. But me personally, I was like, well, she didn't... What were they going to do with her? Besides think, just throw her in something. Think, And of they what, could have done that, and that would have been fine too. Think of what Disney is as an entity. Think of how big Disney is as an entity. Mm-hmm. And they were cowards. They were cowards against a grouchy fan base. Yeah, but I... I just felt like her parts in the movie are the parts I didn't like in Rise like, of Skywalker. Think about all the stuff that Captain Marvel does in Endgame, mm-hmm. that Carol Danvers does in Endgame. Yeah. Think if she had been relegated to, you see her at the start where she's saying like, hey, there's stuff going on in space, and then never see her again. Yeah. That's that's kind of what that was. Of, You're we not have wrong. a character, we're definitely... like. I cannot, I cannot fathom that Ryan Johnson made that character and said, I don't really have anything left to do with her, so don't worry about her. And I know exactly what you're saying, and I don't disagree. Think about what happened with her sister. She was very, very, very in the background of this movie. But at the same time, what were you going to do with her? Crap. You could say like, <laughs> you could say like what were you going to do with butthole eyes? That's the thing is, it's not what were you going to do with her, it's... You find something to do with her. What were you going to do with Lando? You find something to do with Lando. Yeah. What were you going to do with Chewbacca? You find something you to do with Chewbacca. You have to have Chewbacca. Do you? By the way, when he got captured and they took his bullet strap thingy, I, I nudged my wife and I said, Chewbacca's naked. Chewbacca's, Chewbacca's <laughs> full. It was so weird Honey, to Chewbacca's, see him naked. <laughs> Chewbacca's full on dick out right now as far as Chewbacca's go. So I guess we're just going to get into this movie now. We'll talk about the Mando at the end. Oh, dude. Yeah. So let's, let's just get into Rise of Skywalker. You loved it, right? I did love it. I want to see it again. I haven't had time to see it a second time, but it was, and I am a fan service guy. Like a lot of people have problems with, oh, I don't like the fan service. I'm one of those people that like geek out over it. So if you're not one of those people, I can see why you would have a complaint about it. But that like, okay, I don't know how spoiler we we want to get. It's been get, out for a couple we're weeks. we get full spoiler. The, by, um, by the I, time this epi- this episode comes out, it's going to be like three weeks since it came out. So I'm, I'm not worried about... When they started really hitting fan service stuff, I told my wife, if they don't show Ewoks, I'm going to riot. <laughs> and then at the, the end, there Disney, was Ewoks. Disney patted you on the head and said, we're not going to have the Asian character in, but you get Ewoks. <laughs> and I, of course I was kidding because I was already no, I, loving I, it, but I'm just I was like, off. I really want Ewoks. And then you, you got Wicked at the end there. Hey, look, so... So I, I like all the fan service stuff. Um, we texted a little bit because it took me a while to get around to seeing it because it was a busy holiday. And I, I, my take on it is I think I'm going to end up falling in sort of the category of, as an adult, where how I feel about Return of the Jedi, which is... 
I love Return of the Jedi, and I like Rise of Sky. I, I don't. I'm not gonna probably not gonna love Rise of Skywalker like I love Return of the Jedi, but I like Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I love Return of the Jedi. I can recognize there are definitely some flaws in it, and if I'm talking to someone and someone oh, says yeah. Return of the Jedi is not a good movie, I can be like, you're, you're a little right. There, there is some kind of eh, about Return of the Jedi. I'm judging on on how it made me and feel. There, there are some great parts in it. Right. All the stuff with the Emperor toward the end of Return of the Jedi is really great. It's it's Star Wars running on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. I don't hate Ewoks, but definitely there is some. It's a it's it's a little clunky on Andor, from a you know just from from a filmmaking standpoint. Mm-hmm. But uh, regardless, Rise of Skywalker has it hit me really well in some moments, and from the standpoint of a filmmaking point of view of how I consume films, and from a standpoint of that movie coming in with a lot of baggage, there were some parts that I was pretty unhappy with. I will tell you. The early about first half hour to 40 minutes, I did not care for. The, Is it the way it just jumped into Kylo Ren? Almost like a... It moves so Jumping quickly. from planet to planet to planet. It moves so quickly and not in a way that you're like, this movie This movie moves along. It moves along at a pace that like, oh my God, slow down and breathe a little. But if George Lucas had done that, it would have taken... 45 minutes. Well, I don't want George, to do that five obviously, minute scene. Hey, Trav, you're not going to catch me being the guy to say, I wish George Lucas had done this. They would have stopped in between and done some sort of Imperial Senate they would have, discussion. They would, they would have talked about trade disputes and for me, the force in your blood. The Rise of Skywalker, I would say it's better than any of the prequels. Sure. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm following you. On I, that, I'm breaking Trav. it down by, by trilogy. So it's better than any of the prequels. Um, I'm on board. As far as the new trilogy, I need to watch it again and watch uh, uh, The Force Awakens again because I think I liked it better than The Force Awakens, but I'm not 100% sure. So, But it's right there with Force Awakens. Yeah, I still like Force Awakens better. Personally. And as far as the original trilogy goes, obviously, I mean, you're really going to have to make a great Star Wars movie to be better than The Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. But I think I like it as well as Jedi and A New Hope. Yeah. So, I mean, it's in, for me, it's in definitely the top half. If you break those movies into half, it's in the top four for me. For I think. me, it's kind of, it's not too far under Jedi and Jedi's edging it out with nostalgia, more or less. Hmm. And just like. So it's one of my top ones. And I, I think it's, I think it's also telling uh, seeing how the actors are coming out of this, where Mark Hamill will glowingly talk about what his life has been thanks to being Luke Skywalker, and mm-hmm. it seems like like John Boyega, uh, Daisy Ridley, and Oscar Isaac almost once the hype had died down, they're all kind of not happy about. Well, how I mean, finished up. Here's what I think. I think they can go back to making movies that make twenty million dollars. And we'll see how happy they are in 10 Trav, years. It's not about money, man. It's a it's a little bit about money. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, it's certainly about I don't think it like it doesn't have to be about about the money. It has to be about this was a bad experience. This was a like 
Disney execs coming in and saying we can't have gay care like like the Oscar Isaac John Boyega thing they wanted it to be their gay romance and from what it's being told is Disney specifically was the one who came in and said we will not have this well I will say Disney is one of the most pro-gay companies on the planet so no no they're not. oh yeah they are no they're not. yeah they are yeah they are go to Disneyland <laughs> I mean that—that's how you make. They were money. one of the first companies to offer uh, insurance to same-sex couples. Like that's how you make money. But I mean, <laughs> we'll say as a film entity, we'll say as a film entity, how many gay characters do they have? I mean, how many? How much of the population is gay? Ten percent. Can you name ten percent of Disney characters that are gay? I mean, we're—it's a—it's a work in progress. Who is the gay character in Disney? In Disney. I don't know. Do you really want me to sit down and think about it right now? Uh, probably Elsa. I think Elsa's gay. No, you can't. You can't. That's the thing. You can't say probably. Disney Disney came in touting like, hey, we've got some gayness in this movie. And it was a kiss at the end. I'm pretty sure everybody in Snow White was gay. That's what I'm saying is like they're, they're, still, they're still scared of losing money because they make characters gay. Look, man, it is it's it is a, a work in progress. You can make a case for you can make a case for that Finn had a thing for for um, for Ray and kind of had a thing for uh, for Rose. Mm-hmm. And Rise of Skywalker comes along, and you can make a case for like we needed to get a race appropriate character to have a romance with Finn. Oh, he didn't have a romance with her. I, I'm. I, like I guess the, I, I don't it, know. it almost seemed like she was going to hook up with uh, that Billy D. Williams up. at that, the end. So that's the other thing that's hard. But is, then some people are saying maybe it's his daughter. No, that that was <laughs> it was actual, weird. That was an actual thing. That's another thing. Another problem with um, another problems most specifically with Rise of Skywalker. But it was something that was going on through the whole thing. Is this trilogy suffered of not really having, not really being confident in its vision. Because yeah, it definitely wasn't Rise of Skywalker out. specifically. You had that character. There was a storyline that they ended up dropping, which was Lando had a daughter that was stolen by the First Order, and it was her. And again, another part of the baggage is you know how people talked about Return of the Jedi, like ah, they're just selling toys now. Some of Rise of Skywalker felt like ah, would you like to see a Disney Plus series? Because we got this this character. Do you like this character? Yeah, we could do a show about this. Well, Subscribe, about making please. money. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but, I mean, I know, think the the look, biggest problem Disney with this really trilogy needs to scrape and make some money. They're having a hard time. The biggest problem with this trilogy is that it wasn't mapped out to the extent that Marvel has mapped things out. Marvel has changed the game, and it's a little disappointing when I look at these three movies that they clearly were just kind of like making it up as they go. And I think uh, I think that J.J. Abrams had a relatively clear vision of what he was doing with The Force Awakens. They handed it off to Ryan Johnson, and Ryan Johnson said, J.J., you did some cool things here. I have some pretty interesting, dark ideas. And then Rise of Skywalker, it feels like Disney hired J.J. back and said, fix this. And that fix works, this so it makes the money. That works in the Marvel Universe because they're doing different characters. Yeah. So you can have a different director do a completely different. You can have 
uh, Tim Gunn do Guardians of the Galaxy. You can have John Favreau do Iron Man. You can have Stop Kenneth Branagh me, do do Thor, and then <laughs> kind of bring them all together. And it's one thing, but this is one supposed to be congruent story. And there was just so many like it was almost like a circular puzzle, and they were just turning it and turning it and turning it almost, and it never actually lined up and you're I like i thought god. that was going to line up but it it went over here like i that, swear to god you almost get the feeling that disney did not know what ryan johnson was doing well probably didn't <laughs> so, i think the problem is part of it is disney and part of it is lucasfilm and it's like two different cooks in the kitchen does that make sense well, I've They're making before, two different meals. I've told you before. Like Kathleen, I mean, apparently Kathleen Kennedy was the one who suggested that Palpatine come back, and that's how that story goes. You know, she's Lucasfilm, not Disney. You know what's surprising? I was fine with Palpatine coming back. I was too. Ray Palpatine, that was dumb. I felt I did not care for. You that. know, my biggest problem with that is I felt like I should have seen it coming, and I didn't. I thought that was number one. I thought that was dumb i thought she was going to end up being kylo's sister but number two (laughs) look number two again with baggage along with the rose tico thing ray palpatine felt like a lot of these grouchy people feel like ray needs to have a lineage so could you cook something up i think we've salted the ground on the skywalker thing so who you know the emperor was pretty big i just felt she was going to be a skywalker the whole time i think you could have made rise of skywalker and had her still come from nothing, and it doesn't really change the movie. You're right. You couldn't make... Well, it, I mean, it does change the movie if she's not a Palpatine, because then why would Palpatine care about her? Well, I mean, she's just... Her, I thought the fact that her parents were just kind of thrown as an, in as an afterthought yeah, was really weird, it too. It also does that, where... And again, I think that that was, that was something that they plan on fleshing out, but they... Again, they apparently they there's like confident. a four hour version of the movie. They weren't confident in what called the were Rose doing. Tico cut. Uh, <laughs> but that you know that that felt like a thing. So I think I've I think maybe I've rooted through some of my. I just get I get fed up with these people going. This movie sucked. Like it didn't yeah. suck. Come on. Yeah, I don't think that it's flawed. Case. It's flawed, but it's a lot of fun. And if it's if you think it I mean, sucked, I've been. I think it's a you problem. I've been pretty clear on. Again, like I said, from a from a, a filmmaking standpoint, like the first bit of it feels very uh, fast and not charming. I like, like that I said, it jumped the, right in and just went the, boom, 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 boom. The whole like um, warp skipping thing feels like I'm on Star Tours, and then oh yeah, that def- that was an homage to Star Tours. There were then, scenes uh, like there was the the floating crystal planet thing. Yeah, that's straight from Star Wars oh, or Star Tours. Yeah, that's it? one of the that's one of the things you go through. And like in Star Tours, it looks like a the, chandelier. A lot of the Rose Ray Poe stuff feels like like we had a bunch of dialogue and we had to cut off the end of everyone's sentence because there's a lot of like they're standing around literally going like, "But what did you think of the?" And then someone cuts it off and goes, "I don't know about you." And then the other one cuts it off and goes like, "Are you sure you told me about?" And they just keep cutting each other off and you yeah. don't get any actual exposition. All you get is that these three people are arguing constantly. And then after that, they kind of stop. Mm-hmm. It's like after after Ray shoots down fake Chewbacca, which was also a bad MacGuffin. Yeah, that actually upset me a little bit. Like, <laughs> I'm gl- 
part of me was going, nah, they didn't really do it. Well, but part of me was going, but what if they did? Part of me is going, I've seen commercials. I know he's not dead. <laughs> Which is the same thing. Okay, I had, I had problems with that. Of that was just a bad MacGuffin. Because I don't know. I don't know. They, I was fine with Chewbacca not being dead, but you didn't have to pretend like he's dead because it just. It was weird of we watched him go into this thing, but now he's not in the thing. And it's it's a cheap way of creating drama. I'm okay that they had shuffled him off somewhere else and that she thought she killed him. It just didn't portray well in the movie. The one that really got me that actually made me mad was so I went into the theater. And we, we've talked about this, Trav. You thought C-3PO was going to turn bad? I, on the way in, I went with Gabe. <laughs> and on the way in, I kind of jokingly, I just told him, like, Gabe, I know you like to make fun of me. I know that we have this back and forth, like giving each other the business. Your dad's going to cry when 3PO dies, and I need you to be cool about it. <laughs> and I'm not kidding you. When when they shut 3PO off, literally, my son put his hand on my leg. I'm like, knock it off. <laughs> but that was undercut. So that thing was undercut severely. Did you really think that 3PO was going to be gone? I mean, when I saw the trailer, I did. But then in the movie, not really. But I did like the joke where, uh, what was the little the little critter that, that fixes him uh i can't remember i can't remember, I can't remember the people, name a lot of, he seems to be the the star of that right for but somebody mentions his uh, something his, frick yeah babu frick babu frick yeah. and 3po goes babu frick that's one He's of my, my oldest, oldest friend like oh yeah just to get that that hey, laugh out of me it was worth movie's it credit they finally they something that they did that the other two movies were not doing great the work. sense of humor anthony daniels yeah they let 3po be funny yep but that moment was severely undercut by me by someone actually saying, "Hey man, doesn't R two have some of your backup?" And he goes, "Oh no, R two is R two is far too unreliable." Like, yeah, I'll bet he is. I will just bet he is. Again, much sort of like the Palpatine thing of, you can take that bit of dialogue out, and it actually makes it more special when three PO comes back, and if R two just goes, "Hey, can I open up your head and do this?" And it works. Also, it wouldn't have been the first time that 3PO's memory had been wiped. So it's not yeah, like you're right. I, they you're wiped right. it in between. I will also say I was Revenge not of the okay. Sith. And I was not okay with that either. They had to do that. <sighs> so that if he was, didn't get his memory back. So many things frustrate. It does create a plot hole because why didn't R2, unless R2 was wiped too, but I don't think R2 was because I think R2 knew no, all along R2 was R2 has going. perfect memory. They No, that's the thing is because at the end of Revenge of the Sith, uh, the Sith, the Sith and Ollie. At the end of Revenge of the Sith, they have to do that to three PO, so it closes plot holes and it's stupid right. and it sucks. Right? Because George Lucas did not plan well. <laughs> but uh, in this case, uh, you know, I would have been okay with them killing off three PO. I guess it would have bummed me out. I was. I okay. would have been super bummed if three PO, Chewie, or R two. One th- as long as those three okay. made it through, I was going to be happy. Let's, let's, I'm going to try and stick to stuff that I liked. Okay. Now. All right. Um, Chewbacca having a breakdown because Leia was dead. Yeah, that, oh, was, that was that was the one point where I, I started to tear up. And I was like holding my eyes open like, don't blink. If you blink, it's going to turn into tears. They do. A don't good, blink. <laughs> they do a really good job of portraying this guy in a suit is beside himself. Right. Yeah, that was that was an emotional you spot. Know, for all intent and purpose, except for <laughs> except for digital young Carrie Fisher, 
I think they did about as good a job as you could hope. Yeah, I mean, I having could, a performance from someone who is passed on. I could tell that they were definitely reverse engineering dialogue based yeah. on what she was saying in whatever got cut from the previous movies. And they did a like like a never underestimate a droid. Yeah. That was clearly something it was a throwaway line in the other movie, but they worked it into this into this script and made it mean something. And that's pretty impressive to do. Travis, have you ever had the thing uh have you ever had the thing where like you take an aimless person and they're like, ah, you know, I'm in my 20s. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And a lot of general advice you'll have is people say like, well, just why don't you just go into IT? They always need they always need people in IT. There's always jobs for people in IT. <laughs> Do you know what I think that is in the Star Wars universe? What? Stormtrooper R&D. They always <laughs> need someone. Look, the people who have been fighting them their whole lives are not up to date on what new stormtroopers are. <laughs> They're always looking for a new version of a stormtrooper. Yeah, they are. They fly now, Trav. Which is cool. It's Did cool. they not fly in uh, The Force Awakens? Uh, it seems like uh, when they were having that big with butthole eyes. when Oh, butthole eyes. It seems like there was flying stormtroopers in that. But maybe I'm just recall. misremembering. It, hey, if Poe and Finn and Ray weren't there, three PO. I was never like all three movies. I wasn't a fan of Poe and Finn. I just I'd never cared. I think it was really, about their characters at all. I think uh, you know I having you know watched it again recently. I uh, focused more specifically on the message they were trying to push on what they were doing with Poe and thought it was really cool in uh the last jedi of kind of trying to say like you don't heroes don't necessarily get to decide i am the one who's going to be the hero you Mm -hmm. have to be concerned about all the people around you which then again the you know uh the rise of skywalker is like no he's really a han he's definitely really a han he's a smuggler he is definitely really a han yeah when they threw the smoke do you think they want to do a Poe series and they want Carrie, uh, not Carrie, uh, Carrie Russell Russell. to be in it. I think that they want to do a Carrie Russell series. I would watch that in a heartbeat. I I loved her character. I have to believe that they know they can't get Oscar eyes. That suit was cool. Yeah. Yeah. That character was cool. And she's like kind of bounty huntery smugglery type of, yeah, I'd watch that. You don't even see her face. You see her eyes for a second is all. But she was cool. Eyes. Her non-butthole eyes. Um, did you watch any of uh, The Rise of Skywalker and go, oh, Baby Yoda feels very calculated now? Um, I thought it was it was not an accident that they released the episode where he heals uh, Apollo Creed's arm using the Force the day before that movie came out. And then all of a sudden, yeah. So we're on the Ray same has page. the ability. Are we going to gonna get the Disney Plus uh, Snake Monster show? <sighs> Probably not. Oh. But I thought it was a cool monster. But uh, so that okay. Getting back to so again, I was surprisingly not bothered by Zombie Palpatine. I was okay with Pickle Jar Full of Snokes. See, my my thing about Palpatine is they brought back. Darth Maul, who got cut in half and then fell down a shaft, and nobody seemed to blink. But Palpatine just got thrown down the well, thing, 
And he also talks in the prequels about Darth Plagueis and how he knows how to cheat death. So I don't know why everybody was so shocked that Palpatine I mean, could possibly still be alive. I think you can make the case for that. You can make the case for Vader betraying him on Death Star Two was so out of left field for him that he hadn't had a contingency plan for that. I mean, you can make that case. You can, I think you can also make the case for most people talking about Palpatine that way don't know about you know uh darth maul coming back in a cartoon yeah but he was also in the solo movie He's also briefly i will say i am dead sure lots of people saw that in solo and go like what in the hell is that yeah i'm sure i'm sure which is another reason i want a solo series also i would say you've probably got a lot of people go solo i didn't see that if you didn't see solo you're missing out and you should see it because it is fun it's fun darth maul's in it (laughs) kind of <laughs> See, that's another thing. When you add in like Rogue One and Solo to those other movies, it it moves the 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 rankings around a little I mean, bit. But it, I I look I I kind of put Rogue One, Rouge One, and uh, Solo in the same camp as as things like Clone Wars and those. Is they're just I think Rogue One and Solo are on the opposite ends of a spectrum. Like Rogue One, almost God, it's it's probably art the way that it's, you know what I mean? Like you watch that and you're like, wow, that is like a really well-made, well-written movie. And then Solo is just fun and silly. Yeah. But I loved them both for completely different reasons. Is it weird that Empire and The Last Jedi are the only Star Wars movies that don't feature kind of a Death Star? Yeah. I mean, the Death Star is in The Last Jedi, technically. It's, It's in the the indoor moon planet oh no you're talking the about ocean. rise of skywalker no oh yeah I'm what did i say rise of skywalker all of them have death stars now yeah which was like again it was another one of those things of like did we really isn't this gigantic ass fleet enough do we have to really go but also but now they figured out how to put stars. them on each ship each ship is its own death star that was again that that final battle was equal parts like a lot of really cool stuff and a lot of like space horse Space horse. There's space horse. There's like the really, the really cool like Lando coming in with the troops with the with the fanfare that was equal parts super cornball and also you also got me with this super cornball moment. It was almost like Return of the Jedi when he shows up to save the day. It was. It was also in that that could have been a real good moment that they could have cashed in on the promise of the Last Jedi of taking the message of Luke Skywalker to the people. But no, they're just like, hey, uh, Lando and Chewbacca, go out and. Go out and put a message out and see if anybody shows, which they didn't at the end of Last Jedi. So why? I don't know. It, it's not a huge deal, but it was like it was one of those opportunities they could have had of the difference between when in the Last Jedi they put out the word no one showed up. And Maybe that was on the weekend and people had plans. Well, everybody is working on the weekend. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> I, I, I it was I, a holiday like the Last Jedi happened during like you know during the Christmas holiday. And everyone was like, God, we just right. went over to Mom's house. Do we got to go help save the galaxy now? I had a feeling that uh, Mark Hamill would be back. I thought he might have a little more to do in this movie. He was only in it for a second, but I expected him to be there. But when Harrison Ford showed back up, that super got me. That me too. I was like, wow, this. Okay. Is, that was like a very touching scene, Travis. and I didn't. I didn't know because I thought Kylo Ren was irredeemable, mm-hmm. and the way they did that. Was pretty amazing, I have and been on and record. I was on board with it. I've been on record as saying I thought that character was pretty irredeemable, mm-hmm. and honestly, that 
it, it worked. But and I I do think Travis, him dying at the end had to happen. Travis, but no, I haven't met a single person that liked the the kiss. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Honestly, again, that whole scene helped me get to the point of and and they do they do align with with Ray where she goes like I wanted you, you asked me why did it feel like I wanted to grab your hand I wanted to grab Ben Solo's hand and in that moment he's not Kylo anymore he's Ben right so for that brief moment they can have that love true it's, that's true in that brief moment it's kind of earned because it, one of the things that movie sets up that I think they one of the things that Last Jedi sets up that they actually did carry is that bond between the two characters that uh, that they, even though they were at ends most of the time, and even though they definitely have differences in how one another acts, they know each other in a way that no one else can. And they explained they it. Bond. The Vergence and the Force, is that what they called it? I don't know. I can't remember. I want to say it was Vergence. That's the, the thing. People get mad about those, like, oh, they can pass stuff through the Force. And I'm like, I don't, I kind of don't care about that it's stuff. It's a magical wizard, space wizard thing. And it was something that they shared. Even though it was effing Palpatine that did it, but we should probably speak in a magical space wizard. We should probably get to the Mandalorian because we're at an (laughs) we're we're at an hour now. So we're gonna go away from space hef. We're 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 staying in the Star Wars universe technically, but the Mandalorian episode eight. I thought it was like a perfect wrap up. I I didn't have a single problem with it. I mean, the seven and eight together, if you watch them back to back, which I did. Uh, this week because my wife hadn't seen either one of them. So I watched them both with her and it's a really good, like hour, hour and a half of, uh, of TV. And it tells a really good story. You get all the characters from, well, most of the characters from the season all back together. And then the way they wrap it up, the way IG 11 redeems himself, um, you get, uh, you get, uh, the Mandalorian with his, uh, rocket pack. I am, um, I'm sad that we're not going to get the Disney Plus R2 Gondolier D2 <laughs> series. I thought it was when weird that, when it when stood that thing up. Stood up and was it just like pushing the boat? I'm like, okay, you got me. Whoever <laughs> got to make that decision, kudos. It was weird. It was dumb in my favorite way. And then when, I was like, oh, is he going to join the team? And then Gina Carano goes, stop the boat. <laughs> Shoots it in the head. I was like, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to what they do with her character. It'd be kind of cool because uh, I thought her and Carl Weathers kind of would be like a good, almost like father figure. They're coming back. Story line. You know what I mean? I am sure they're coming. If back. he's going to stay and be her, her muscle or be his muscle. I mean, I feel like Gina Carano and Carl Weathers are two people that are good, but also are not in a place where they can say, I don't feel like doing this anymore. Yeah, they definitely should be happy for the opportunity. And I think sometimes that's that's the best people to have in a franchise. Yeah. Um, if I had any complaint about it all, which is not the fault of the last two episodes, I would say that movie or that show had a lot of space in the middle mm-hmm. where probably most specifically you could have maybe set up Giancarlo Esposito's character a little better. Yeah, they probably should have dropped some some breadcrumbs in there. Looking um, back on it, maybe give us maybe, and this is a minor, this is a, a quibble. Maybe give us a better reason why this supposedly ruthless um, tactician 
gives them till sundown to figure out a way to get out of the situation. <laughs> that was a classic Western thing right there. That That's the only reason that would even happen, I think. I don't, I don't know. know. It was weird that he's like, I'll give you till sundown. We have that a was, battalion of troops at right. you. You are super screwed. You're injured. Take a few hours to figure out how to get no, yourselves out of this. You're right there. That That is weird. And when I first saw it, I was like, well, that's a weird choice. But... And I then, don't have a huge problem with hey, it. Hey, maybe you can set up that character and give you an idea of like, well, he also kind of, he has a penchant for wanting to toy with his food or whatever. Yeah, and I think we're definitely going to get that in season two. They're going to give us a backstory on him and they're going to talk about the Darksaber. Did any of your kids freak out over the Darksaber? My son did, yeah. The One of the common threads I've had from people I know is like, he, he cut his way out of that thing and it's like everyone I know said, and my kid lost their mind because it's in rebels and also in clone wars yeah that's a common thread is that like one of my friends was saying stuff about there was a man a specific mandalorian and the dark saber he's like my son sat me and my wife down and had a seminar with like he had <laughs> books he had slideshows to tell us this is why these are important i feel like it's the mandalorian they talked about when they went to the enclave is that what it's, the enclave and there's he's talking with uh I can't remember the female Mandalorian's oh, name. Spiky head. I don't know. It was like, did she have a name? It was like Sparrow or something like, I don't, I can't remember. Anyway, she mentions to him about a Mandalore, an ancient Mandalorian that fought uh, magical space wizards. And so the Mandalorian that created the dark saber well, was, was like the only Jedi. I think I do. Mandalorian. Yeah, they did talk about, they did talk about that. Cause they were debating is baby Yoda, which thank you for not, Mandalorian, thank you so much for not giving that character a name or naming its race, so we still have to call it Baby Yoda until next season. Yeah, and they're annoyed by it, but like, what else is people? That's what we're gonna call it. That's what they could have just gave, they could have named it Phil. You know what I mean? R.I.P. Phil Hartman. Philbert. In your honor. No, Philbert sounds like a good name. <laughs> I mean, they could have named it anything. They could have named it Shorty. I did like uh, Carl Weathers going, do the magic hand wavy thing. Yeah. And then he just waves back at him. (laughs) Oh, Carl Weathers is a treasure. (laughs) Carl Weathers is a treasure. Bring him back as much as you want. I I adore the man. And hopefully in season two, you get like, uh, you know, the gang going on missions kind of thing Mm -hmm. where this was kind of the gang coming together. And I think it's, I mean, it's really cool that they're going to delve into the species of Yoda and try to find TIE fighters, sweet landing gear. No ejector seat. No ejector seat. No. Although Kylo Ren took a, a, a Tie Fighter to go save Ray. That one he just he just landed on the on the cake pans. Yeah, true. So maybe his was special too. Maybe. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. You know those those Empire people, they get special treatment. But it was it was a great series. Uh, <laughs> For considering that was their first one, they they really did a good job. And Favreau, it was Favreau and Dave Filoni that kind of were spearheading it behind the scenes. And Dave Filoni, I think, directed at least one of them. So there was, you know, that uh, the the Bill Burr episode, yes, where yes, I the, do the remember people the people show up in, in Tie Fight or uh, in X Wing Fighters. Bill Burr's character. <laughs> at the same time, the most classic kind of Star Wars thing you can be. While at the same time also being maybe the thing that takes you out of the Star Wars universe, <laughs> a little, just a little bit. No, not just, just a Travis, not just a little bit. That was 
that character may as well have just been named Space Bilber. It's weird when you've met somebody and they're in Star Wars. I don't even think it's that. It's like, so Fargo, <laughs> the next season of Fargo, Chris Rock is going to be one of the main characters in it. Oh, yeah? And I think it's they're going to have to do a lot of work to not make him Fargo Chris Rock. He's just got to change his cadence and maybe be a little more low-key with his sarcasm and stuff. I think he can do it. I mean, we'll see. It's... Uh, I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying it's not even it's not Bill Burr's fault. Bill Burr was perfectly fun. Right. That that backpack that had a pistol on it. That was cool. That is the most classic type of Star Wars dumb thing you can do yeah. that I'm totally there for. <laughs> but at the same time, like he's doing fine. But he is one million percent Bill Burr and it you just can't get past it. But the X Wing fighter pilots that show up in that episode. They were all directors of that season. Oh yeah, yeah. So I heard that the the also we're forgetting about it. Well, I mean, we're just kind of overall saying that that episode was good. The goofy scout troopers were hilarious at the start. Oh, of that, episode. that was Jason Sudeikis and Adam Polly. Really? Yeah, Jason Sudeikis <laughs> is the guy that was punching Baby Yoda. By the way, that was so funny. <laughs> and the way they do IG Eleven, just oh god, Gabe that and I was were watching funny. that and just laughing so hard at him picking them up and hitting them on the. On the stuff. And, and just that conversation, like... I'm sorry you had to see that. Maybe it's a little thirsty. Like You just want to see it. Yeah. No, that was definitely funny. And then uh, Baby Yoda's face when IG-11 is flying through the town on the on the speeder bike is pretty priceless. Yeah. <laughs> and then the way... Oh, the way he spins around so Baby Yoda doesn't get hit, but he yeah. keeps shooting. Oh, no. And then jumps thing, off the speeder bike and that, it takes out a few people. That whole thing running, you know, IG-88 running through town saving the day. Very much, again, very much a MacGuffin. I'm there for that one. Yeah, that was they, pretty sweet. They did a good job making it a fun watch. Rest in peace, Kuil. Rest in peace. Boy, yeah, Kuil dying fairly unceremoniously. Hey, IG-11, all you would have had to do was step down the ramp. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit like... So you watched it happen because you knew you had to go save Baby Yoda. <laughs> you, you knew you had to, but also like they make it a point. You see, Quill was right in front of the damn ship right. <laughs> when he got gunned down. Maybe he was on the toilet. Hey, Quill, he's on space toilet. Quill, maybe have a little Siri on your on your uh, chicken dinosaur that can say, "Hey, IG Eleven, hop out and help here, bud." He was dropping an IG two. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, we've got three minutes on this memory we've card. Got three minutes on before, this memory card. Before it stops. Hot damn. <laughs> if you would like three minutes worth of contact, later to the tater at gmail.com is the email address you can reach us at. Tell us about your little three minute uh, issues. Uh, if you have enjoyed these last uh, hour and f- nine minutes, Please, we would. Uh, That's pretty good it. math. If you would, <laughs> That's if where you we're would at. subscribe. If you would uh, give us a star, give us five stars, leave us a little review. It's how we get visible. Please tell your friends. We love you all. Uh, Blue Wave Theory does our music. Uh, Travis, you got any plugs you want to do in the little? Uh, I'll be opening for Ian Bag this weekend. Uh, it'll be in the past by the time you hear this, but only one day past. Oh, we can't uh, hear those stories. Next week, I'll be opening for uh, Vicky Barbalak. Last week was insane. I got to hang out with Steve Renazizi, TJ Miller, and Christopher Titus. So it was a busy week for me. Sounds like it. I love doing comedy. Come see me do comedy. Please get out there. So for the last three minutes of all things, this has been Late to the Party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake. I'm Travis. And 
find me at, at Travis Tate Funny on all the social media things. But what else? And also, better Tate than never.